What is Cafe Mocha? Cafe Mocha is experts, celebrities. What's up? This is Belle Bid DeVoe. You're truly Idris Elba. This is Fantasia. I am Ian Levanza. Hey, y'all. This is your girl, Latoya Luckett. Music and features from a woman's perspective. Intriguing conversation. The Swag Award. Espresso. The Mocha Mix. So much more. All from a woman's perspective. What flavor are you, baby? This is Cafe Mocha. I'm Angelique, along with Lonnie Love and Yo-Yo. March is Women's History Month. We're celebrating with some of our favorite women. That includes a woman we honored back in Chicago at Salute Her 2016. She's Dwayne Wade's sister, head of his foundation. Tregill Wade is back to talk about how she's helping to change the lives of little girls. Cafe Mocha begins now. It's Cafe Mocha. Before Annette Nance Holt became the first woman appointed deputy commissioner of the Chicago Fire Department, She was another Chicago mom who lost her child to senseless gun violence. She joins us today to talk about how she continues to turn her family's tragedy into action. Annette, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Annette, can you tell us about the loss of your son, Blair, in 2017? Oh, it was actually 2007 when Blair was murdered. Um, He was a 16-year-old high school junior um, coming home from school on a public bus when a uh, teenager got on the bus with a gun trying to shoot a gangbanger at the back of the bus. And it was a crowded bus full of kids coming home from high school on the south side of Chicago. And he shot five kids. He was shooting toward the back. He shot five innocent victims. And my son was the only one that died out of the five, but he jumped in front of a young lady to save her life. Oh, my so goodness. he became, yeah, he became a hero, Un- unintended hero, I guess. How old so, was he? Yeah. Um, he was 16, and he was my only child. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry yeah. to hear this. Thank um, you. Will you share with us your mission, uh, the mission of your organization, sure. Purpose Over Pain? Sure. Purpose Over Pain, we founded it with a group of parents in 2007, late 2007, with them who lost their children to gun violence, to senseless violence. Since we were all suffering in silence, we decided to bring our Uh, voices together collectively and try to do something to end gun violence. So we would turn our pain into a purpose. And so some of the things we do is reach out to other families like us who've lost children to gun violence, even older than um, our children. And so we reach out, offer support. We have a formal support group for them. We offer some funds to help them bury their children. We even have cemetery plots that were um, donated to us. We legislate for common sense gun laws to keep guns out of our communities and out of those who should not have them. And we also go around and we are like role models and we mentor and we speak to young people about gun violence and being part of it or being around it or just being in the wrong place at the wrong time. So those are some of the things that we try to do um, to change this dynamic that's happening in our community daily. It's Cafe Mocha on the line, founder of Purpose Over Pain. She's also the Chicago Fire Department Deputy Commissioner, Annette Nance Holt. I want to go back um, because there are a lot of mothers like you. Um, Could you give some tips of when you have to deal with something like this? I have a cousin who lost her only son, and she is still unable to deal with the loss. But what you know, you never get over it, but what's something right. that can actually make it a little bit better to get through the day? Yeah, it's a couple of things that can help you get through it. And one of them is identifying another person like you or just another parent who's going through the same thing that you're going through. 
because a lot of things that you go through, other people think you should be done with it. You should be okay now. And that's not so. You can't. And so you constantly need, it's almost like somebody, and I, I hate to compare it to this, but somebody who's under with substance abuse, they have to have like um, someone to mentor them. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with this process. There are people who have been, um, who've lost their children years and years ago, and they still struggle. We all struggle. So that's one thing you can do. The second thing you can do is advocate and, and like celebrate your child's life, keeping their name out there, saying their name consistently so that people don't forget what happened to your child. We have a board at St. Sabina. That's the church that we're out of on the south side of Chicago. We have pictures of all the young people with their ages on there and their names. So people, when they come by, they recognize that these were individuals who were part of our lives, who were just taken away. And they were mostly innocent victims of violence. But I think it's important to kind of advocate. It's cathartic to work towards hoping to end something that's just such a epidemic in the African-American community. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. Annette Nance Holt, founder of Purpose Over Pain, Chicago Fire Department Deputy Commissioner. Um, How can we um, support Purpose Over Pain? Okay, you can support Purpose Over Pain because we used to get a little bit of money, a little bit of funding, but we don't really get that much anymore. A lot of our money, like I said, it goes towards helping parents and mentoring young people. Mm-hmm. So none of the money is spent basically on too many administrative costs at all. All of us volunteer, and we have one part-time person that we only employ for a few hours a week. So they can go to the website, and they can Google Purpose Over Pain, and they can make donations that way. If they choose to make donations, we accept donations. Okay. Also, they can send donations through St. Sabina and um, put Attention Purpose Over Pain and that's 1210 West 78th Place, and that's in Chicago, Illinois. And I want to say it's 60619, the zip code. That's definitely um, an organization I would like to, to, to help support. March is Women's Thanks. History Month, and Annette Nance Holtz made history last year. She became the first woman in the Chicago Fire Department appointed deputy commissioner. Can you talk about the— fire commissioner. Yeah, look at you. Um, can yeah, you— the... can, Mm-hmm. Can you talk about the sexism and racism in the Chicago Fire Department? Well, I think in any job you'll have some sexism and some racism. Um, you know, I've been around almost 29 years on this job, mm. so I think they're pretty used to me now. You know, and it doesn't bother me. Everybody has an opinion, and I think the most important thing is not letting anybody disrespect you. And I haven't really had that problem too much because I'm very outspoken. And the other thing is, you know, them doing their job and me doing my job and being professional about it. I can honestly say I work for a wonderful department. My boss is a man who made, who appointed me from a first, from deputy district chief to first deputy fire commissioner, which I'm second in command of the one of the third largest fire departments in the world. Mm. So, I mean, that just goes to show that things that were not done before are starting to change because there are men who help us get to where we are. And I probably, I know I wouldn't be who I am today without me and mentoring me on this department and standing up for me, you know, and me standing up for myself. But I must say, I work for a great department and we have some great firefighters and paramedics. Is it still considered a man's job? <laughs> it pretty much is still a man's job. If you look at uh, statistics across the country, there still aren't a lot of women in certain departments. So it's one of those jobs. Some women go, I don't think I can do that or I don't want to do that. So one thing I try to do when I go out and speak at grammar schools and high schools is tell women, you can do this. You know, I didn't see an African-American firefighter 
or a woman when I was coming up. So for me to just venture out and be adventurous and say, hey, I'm going to go for it, that says something. But all the non-traditional jobs for women, more women are coming into these jobs now. And they are actually wonderful careers, and they help you retire with a wonderful pension. Mm. How are you encouraging women to sign up? Well, whenever they hear about an exam like us, we don't have an entry exam in the Chicago Fire Department yet. So we should, we may have one next year. So when we start having our entry exam, they need to be ready to sign up and start working out, getting in shape. And um, you have to be an EMT, and actually we train you to be an EMT. But just to start preparing for that medical terminology and things you might encounter. Mm-hmm. But actually, I think so many women overlook this job. They really do. And it's a great job. And it'd be some fine men, too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say nothing about that. <laughs> I just mess with you, Annette. It's Cafe Boca on the line, Annette Nance. Holt, um, talking about becoming, uh, getting into the fire department, and really it's just since this is Women's History Month, you know, you bring up a good, um, a really a good topic of women that are, can do non-traditional, I guess, women-type jobs and you know, the benefits of doing that, um, you know, because we, we tend to think, well, you know, firefighting is dangerous. It's a, it's a lot of physicality, but you've done it for 29 years. What made you yeah. survive through it? Uh, I think my faith in God, that's one thing, a lot of prayer, because I can honestly say when I first came on the job, I really did not feel welcome at all. And I would go home and cry because I left corporate America to take this job. Mm. So I would say my faith, my parents, who were my biggest cheerleaders, and just having, like, another person in my corner, like another woman who we came on the job together, we're still really, really good friends today. So having somebody who you can talk to and vent to and even having, like, guys around who will give you advice on, maybe you should handle it like this, but the willingness to be able to listen. Sometimes you got to just listen. And it'll help you get through a lot of things, but not standing for no crap either. So, um, like I said, it's been, I never would have picked this for myself. So I almost feel like God led me to this this profession because, like I said, I'm in corporate America. I always wanted to be a doctor, but I ended up in corporate America. So um, it's just, you know, you have to stay, be steadfast in whatever you do, not just the fire department, but anything you do, it's going to come with some struggle. But the struggle is worth it because at the end, if I would have given up, I wouldn't be who I am today. And maybe I might be the first female fire commissioner in a major city, too. So I'm just saying, you just never know what's in store for you if you position yourself. Cafe Mocha talking to Annette Nance Holt, founder of Purpose Over Pain, Chicago Fire Department's deputy commissioner, the first woman. Uh, Annette, I want to ask you one final question um, what if you don't have the support? What if your mom's going, oh, girl, that's too much, that's hard work, and your husband's going, oh, baby, I want you to be safe. What if you don't have those people in your corner saying, go ahead, stranger? Uh-huh, uh-huh. You have to make up in your mind that this is something that you want to do and stick to it. And there are also other people, like you come in the academy with a candidate class, and there are people who start clicking. You know, you find people who are like you or like-minded, and you become friends like I did with Cynthia Herring, and we start processing together before we came on the job. And we just keep supporting each other back and forth. And, of course, there will be, you know, people who say you shouldn't take that job. It's a man's job or whatever. But that's just, I think, that kind of thinking needs to be not so anymore. 
I think we need to be open to the possibilities of what women can do. Here in Chicago, as a matter of fact, we are set to elect our first African-American female mayor. We've never had one. How many yes. people could say that? And how many people could probably say, hey, you shouldn't do that. But look at these two women. I mean, I'm inspired by them. I'm inspired by the change that's coming forward, even in the political realm. That's fantastic. Annette, thank you so much for calling in to Cafe Mocha and continued success. March is Women's History Month, and we're talking to some of the women we've honored at our annual Salute Her Awards. Yes. We know her brother as part of the team that brought the NBA championship to the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. Tregill Wade runs Wade's World Foundation. She's also the founder of America's Big Sister. Welcome to the show, Tregill. Tregill, talk about your commitment to the youth of Chicago. Oh, wow. Um, well, born and raised in Chicago, um, the the place that raised me, the place that taught me strength, the place that taught me uh, resilience, I am absolutely in the position to be able to do the things that people did for me to the young people that is there. Um, I do. I mean, you would have to know the stories of Chicago, born on the south side, to know that, man, Chicago builds a lot of amazing people, but the things that we have to go through, uh, I know people think just snow, but overall, there's so much more than snow that we have to deal with. So uh, my dedication is because this is the place I was created and built, and anything I can do to help those young people is, is what I'm, I'm just destined to continue to do. What's new with the new Wade Foundation? So when Dwayne decided to uh, retire, what I do love about uh, Dwayne as well as the business team that, that he's built around him is we began to have conversations about two years ago, and the discussion was life after basketball. What does that look like? And so with that, we ended in the space where Wade's World Foundation, we're continuing on in now the space of Dwayne Wade's Family Foundation because there is so much um, that my mom is doing, so much that my dad is doing. And personally, America's Big Sister is definitely uh, evolved in so many different things since the last time we spoke. And so we're now in a space transitioning, just like everything else, into the Dwayne Wade Family Foundation. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. Tregeal Wade, director of Wade's World's Foundation, founder of America's Big Sister. She was our Salute Her champion for children in 2016. Now, um... Can you tell us about America's Big Sister? Talk to us about it. Yes. America's Big Sister started with, you know, two things in mind. One of the things I do know was people began to know the story of me being Dwayne's life as a young person changed because of the choices that my mom made, i.e. incarceration and drugs and things of that nature. And my dad, uh, things that he dealt with in his life. So, I started kind of telling people about my story, and it evolved with not just me being a big sister. The evolution began to be where I wanted young people to hear not only my story, but other people's story. And why do I call it America's big sister? Because these are the things that America has to deal with. Like, we are now dealing with from a Me Too movement to all these things. Now we're dealing with a lot of women issues, but how do we continue to evolve on other subjects and things that most young people from from America that has to deal with it now goes into their adulthood. So uh, that's where we started. But now I'm in the even even more. So last year I started a mentorship with young girls that are teenagers that do not have their mothers in their lives. Mm. And the topic, I should say the topic was, was one that 
most people, like the people that I had to find these young girls, you know, it was the hardest thing to find them because that is a subject nobody talks about. And it's actually one that a lot of young girls are embarrassed about. They don't want to say that I don't have my mother. They don't want anyone to know whether their mother's incarcerated, um, abandoned them um, in jail or no one talks about it. You know, we're, we're big. We'll talk about, oh, yeah, my dad's not like, you know, we, we find that as a subject. But to be a young woman as a well, teenager specifically, to not have her mother in her life, oh, my God, the lack of that protection is what pretty much my story um, kind of evolved in and, and how I began to be able to share, you know, how when my mother wasn't there, domestic violence happened and as, as a young person, um, you know, sex trafficking um, being a subject because you're trying to now provide for yourself. I mean, you're doing things that, again, you're just trying to survive it, you know? And so, right. um, so much to my story. I just, I mean, at this point, I'm just excited to share it even more now. And with this, you know, with my brother and his last dance, it gives me more time and more opportunities to share it. So when the ball stop bouncing, I'm sure people hear about America's Big Sister way more often. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. Tregill Wade, director of Wade's World Foundation, founder of America's Big Sister. Also, she's a new auntie. <laughs> I know, the baby. The baby yes. is so cute. How is it? How is she? Javier. James is her own person, first of all. Kavya is her own person. Everybody follows her. It's so funny how I seen her on the meme break that we called the other day. I'm thinking, this is my niece. Like, no. But, man, she's amazing. Um, I am so, well, here, here's where my joy as a as a sister comes in at, is that this was always a dream for the two of them. Um, not only a sister to my brother, but even a sister to Gab. Like, as a sisterhood, we share in that, you know, we share in the space of not having the opportunity to do to give birth. I, mine is, is, is a long story, but again, it's one of those things where I finally felt like someone has done this. It can be done. It's not like I'm looking on the backside and reading it no more. Someone really has done this, and this little baby is amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, and so I think if anything, I love that they... Um, came out with their story on the Oprah show and really talked about, and especially Gab, the, um, the ability to just kind of begin to talk about the things that she went through and, and how she kept trying um, and how that's a story that a lot of us won't talk about. But this is where the sisterhood starts, and I'm so glad that we're finally in op- we're finally getting the opportunity from a sisterhood standpoint to raise each other up, to talk about the hard things and um, getting down to the results of these things. So healing can take place. Holding can take place. That's what I love about you. You you find a way to create your own lane, you know, and to address things that are necessary to talk about. So I love to seeing your story and hearing your story. I can't wait to read your book. But I, I do love your push. I do love your push. It, it's very necessary. I was watching The Bachelor and saw, you know, the young girl talk about her mother being incarcerated. It is a subject that is not necessarily touched. So, you know, I, I applaud you on all of your efforts. Thank you. Thank you. And I, and I, I do. I want to get into more talking about this subject and, and not making it an embarrassing right. space and not uh, not wanting the young girls to take on uh, that pressure of having to do so much um, and making the, all the unnecessary decisions. And so 
Um, that, so how can we protect them in this space? How can we let them know, we got your back as sisters. We got you. We know mom is not there, but how can I still help you? And not all of them are in the system. I know a lot of people feel, well, we got the foster care. Not all of them in the system. My grandmother was a huge help for me, and she did the best she can with what she had. How many more grandmothers, how many more uh, siblings or aunts or someone really, really trying to step in? And I just think it's all of our role at this point. So I'm excited, though. I'm really, really excited about the next chapter. Cafe Mocha celebrating Women's History Month. Thank you, Tregill Wade, for joining us again. And make sure you keep in touch and let us know all the great things that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. I sure will. Thanks, guys, for having me again. I love y'all. I love you guys. We love you too, Tregill. Anytime. Y'all like forever, my family. <laughs> All right. It's Cafe Mocha. Here's your dose of espresso. Strong, hot news now. Brought to you by Ford. Built Ford Proud. This is The Espresso. I'm Angelique. We all had our theories about what was going on with Wendy Williams. This week, she shed some light. For some time now, and even today and beyond, I have been living in a sober house. And you know I've had a struggle with cocaine in my past, and I never went to a place to get the treatment. I don't know how, except God was sitting on my shoulder and I just stopped. Our prayers go out to Wendy. Meanwhile, is this the strategy R. Kelly's lawyer plans to use in court? If so, he definitely going to prison. Was he married to Aaliyah when she was 15? He was married to her when she was 15. Elvis was married to Priscilla. Except that my understanding is that she did not claim to be 15. And in order to get married, she had to lie about her age. And he is saying that he had no idea. No idea. And if you loved Get Out, get ready for Jordan Peele's new film, Us. You know, you're really tense because you know something bad is going to happen. You're anxious and then something funny happens and you release some some tension and then you get anxious about having released the tension because now you're not prepared for the scary bits and then it's just like back and forth. Lupita Unyango stars in Us, which is in theaters now. That's the espresso. Coming up, get your workout on. Hang on to your seat and adjust the volume. It's time for the mocha mix 10 minutes of pure mocha right about now it's dj miss id Chick that a young and never seen before. 
I say, yo, tell the girls I want to meet up. On second five, that ain't the way to go. I gotta give a game proper. Spit it so she get it. There she is, I gotta stop her. Or should I talk about a smile? Or what about a style? I'm out of time. She's out the door, I gotta go for mine. I think I'll say, yo. And you're making me want to say, oh, I know you're trying to leave, but excuse me, miss. I say the last dance for you. How I look. You're in the Mocha Mix. Mocha Mix. On Cafe Mocha. I'll need to see some ID. appointment for my massage. And everywhere we go, they know just who we are. There they go, it's them ghetto superstars. The latest throwback in the ones on my feet. Get out the bins and then I'm off up in the G. Taking pics with chicks that look like Leisha Keys. All of that, I'm still missing one thing. Ball and Nike suits. I'm being bad, but while I'm chilling by the pool, from the show to the limo to the club, and in the air showing nothing but some love. Got plenty clothes, plenty ice, plenty cash. I'm pretty swole, pretty ass, plenty. Shh. I got every single thing that I need, except for main squeeze. I need it. Talk about making love. Talk about cherries on top. 
Girl, it's going down. I wanna talk dirty to you, baby. On the hotline. Thank you. 
Wrapping up the show with the Mocha Mix with DJ Miss ID. Don't forget, Yo-Yo's going to be at Bowie State March 30th for the Black College Expo. Until next weekend, you can find us on all platforms at Cafe Mocha Radio. Have you been stabbing the back by someone you thought was really cool. Did they steal your lover? Or was it money? Or was it lies they told? Strangers just disguises your friends. Never again, cause now you of Miles Ahead Broadcasting in partnership with Compass Media. Executive producer Sheila Eldridge. For comments, booking, and more information, visit CafeMochaRadio.com.